Welcome, everybody, to our podcast. It is currently unnamed, and actually we are going to be holding a contest in which you can participate in the naming of this podcast towards the end. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, this is Pork Mulgrew and Brenda Mulgrew of Nightwatch Games in San Antonio, Texas, and we want to give you a heads up on what we're intending to do with this new exciting podcast program. We're going to do it in seasons, and each season is probably going to be about four to five episodes long, and each episode is probably going to be about 30 minutes, depending on the feedback that you guys give us about how boring we are or how awesome our information is. So give us feedback on uh, what kind of length suits your needs. Uh, season one is really going to focus on the question, why do we play the games we play? And to answer that question, we're going to be doing things like interviews, event coverage, editorials, uh, probably rants from Brenda. Dialogue. Uh, product announcements, sort of what is the big industry doing and how are they answering the demands of the gaming communities. Uh, In-store and out-store coverage. And then we're going to be looking at other social media outlets and seeing what they're doing with the question, why do we play the games we play? One of the people that we're going to talk to later on in the season is actually here in the studio, and he's going to be the person that helps us introduce us to you. Uh, if I could introduce Dan Norris, who is probably one of the most iconic community leaders that we have out of the store, the influencer. <laughs> uh, I would go with Gaming Hobo. <laughs> gaming Hobo, yes. We've seen his condominium of cardboard underneath <laughs> I-10 and Wurzbach or something like that. Without much further ado from us, I want to pass the baton over to Dan Norris, and he's going to ask some questions of us, and we are going to be as forthright and candid as possible, so beware. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. It's exciting to be here, and like many of you listening to this podcast, uh, there's sometimes you have experiences in gaming stores where it's like, okay, this is pretty cool. Then you move on to a different place. And then some where you have a remarkable experience. And so one of the things that many people don't realize about Nightwatch Games is they've been an award-winning store. They've been recognized in several other areas. And so part of that is, hey, let's get the word out and, and start exploring. Why do we even get into this? And so if you're like me, you've probably dabbled in games for many years. So what my role is, is just to ask uh, Brendan Porg some questions to, to kind of get out, well, what do they do? What's the purpose of the store? How do they operate it? And maybe some wacky questions around the way. All right. So you guys ready? We're ready. ready. Yeah. All right. So now there are a ton of different things that you could have done with your lives. So before you opened up Nightwatch Games, what did you do? We were in the military. We were in the army. Pork was uh, a captain in the army, and I was a army wife. Um, and we did that for about ten years. Uh, before that, I was a restaurant manager for Bill Miller Barbecue for about ten years in the field, about five years at the corporate office as the executive assistant to the Miller Brothers. So I was uh, teaching for a while, and then. Um... We, we hit the two big wars, and I thought I'd try to do my part to bring the sons and daughters home. So I joined up, which was crazy. At the age of 37, you do not join the infantry as an enlisted soldier. That's a bad, bad idea. <laughs> but that's what I did, uh, and we lasted about, yeah, 10 years. And then we got out, and um, the big question was what to do then. 
And here we are. And so how did you come to Nightwatch Games, though? I mean, there's there's a lot of different turnkey businesses. I mean, why open up a game store? And why open a game store as different as this? We're crazy. <laughs> no. Um, the, the big question was, yeah, what to do after the military? And the answer that seemed predictable was a bunch of other agencies, three-letter agencies that would allow me to exercise the talents that the Army had taught. But that wasn't really the lifestyle that Brenda and I wanted. I really deferred to her and asked her what she wanted. And your your question was actually, or your answer was quite surprising. Well, I knew I didn't want to go back to being a restaurant manager. Uh, as much as I love that company and they're fantastic, it was very hard on the feet and I was getting older. And also, I had spent the last 10 years as Pork's military wife improving my mind, going to college, um, taking a lot of the humanities. And I just wanted to do something different, something that I felt like would affect other people. Also, selfishly, I wanted to be able to take my dogs to work with me because <laughs> I had raised up two dogs by then and they were our kids, our our fur babies. We don't have the human kind. So I wanted to be together. That was one thing we didn't get to be in the military was together all the time, mm -hmm. a family unit, because we've always uh, patronized game stores with our free time and with our money. And we always walk away from that game store saying, gosh, if they had only just, boy, they really had the potential mm -hmm. to X, Y, Z. And I said, why don't we just finally open the game store that we think is missing we can take the dogs to work with us. We'll be together all day. It sounds perfect to me. And we have the skills and we have the money. So let's just do it. Mm -hmm. And he said, no, no, it's a pipe dream. <laughs> we can't do that. I said, the hell we can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how did you convince him? How did you get Porik on board? It was very easy. <laughs> it, it was easy. Some of the things that she dangled in front of me was, one, we would be our own boss. And coming from the military setting, that was a big deal. And having people always evaluate what you're doing, and uh, it's, it's pretty stressful. So being your own boss was a big criteria that was uh, exciting. Uh, the idea that we would be making our own environment. And in the apartment, in the houses that we had lived in, we had already converted several of our rooms into gaming rooms that have the same motif as the game store here. So the idea of projecting what we found comfortable in our house and putting it into a public venue wasn't really a big stretch. It was just the question of uh, the finances of it. How do, how do we afford doing something like that? And Brenda was really okay with liquidating all our savings, uh, putting a lot of the equity that we had from the house, a lot of the gaming uh, materials that we have, actually using that in the store and just getting a jump start on what's the game store would be. Uh, and then she was also willing to file for a, a very large business loan. And uh, those are huge risks, of course. And uh, I think that when she and I talked about the idea, uh, there was a total commitment on her part, which made it very, very safe for me to follow a, a very normal passion for mine. So I think the short answer to that is between my passion and her business acumen was a very feasible thing. And when yeah. we talk to other people that are trying to open businesses, uh, they're missing one of those two elements, it seems. So we almost think yeah. it's a team effort. 
Well, let, let's talk about that a little bit because there may be people on this podcast who've never been to Nightwatch Games. And if they wanted to take a look at what the store looks like physically, what's your website address? That is www.nightwatchgames.com. All right. So if you've never been here before, I'd recommend checking that out. But I want to ask you what uh, what you think people see when they come in. And I want to predicate that by what I've seen in game stores all across the United States. So usually it's a generic uh, a shell uh, in a strip mall that has uh, some, some folding tables, some assorted chairs, and they usually have product on the wall. So for people that maybe haven't been there before, how would you contrast what they see when they walk into Nightwatch Games? You really feel like you are in a space that is back in medieval times. Um, even the shelves that hold the, the board games and the product are rustic wood. They've been sort of beaten to look worn and weathered. And it's a very authentic, homey feel. What they get is the opposite of what they've always been used to, which is wood instead of plastic. The smell of leather instead of the smell of body odor. Um, <laughs> this, the, the, you know, dancing lights, the ambiance rather than stark fluorescence. You're greeted with what we call the Grand Hall. And it's really a medieval banquet hall with large banquet tables with timber, Tudor architecture on the walls. Uh, half of the wainscoting is actually rough uh, faux stone. The floor is wooden. Uh, there are large wrought iron chandeliers hanging down that give off a, a dimmer, more warm, as she said, a homey feel. Uh, there are weapons on the wall. There are suits of armor standing up uh, in the corners. There's two large wolf-like dogs. Uh, <laughs> I, I would say prowling, but that's totally an exaggeration. They really just lay there on the floor like a rug. And there's soft Renaissance music playing. Uh, depending on the time of day. The whole thing is really just kind of a transportation into a different world of, you know, mystery and music and magic and those kind of things. Well, and you're not kidding. I, I mean, I'm sitting next to a, a curvy scimitar. I mean, there's helmets. I mean, it really is immersive. There's a, a, a chandelier of candle-like lights just above us. So it almost feels like we're at a great table at an inn. No, and so let's talk about those people you just mentioned, the ones that aren't familiar with gaming. You know, so I'm a super nerd. I've, I've been gaming since the 80s. And so, you know, this instantly gets, gets me excited to be in here. But how do you describe your business to people who've never gamed before? You know, I, I mean, I'm just speaking for myself. I've come up with all sorts of creative ways to not say, uh, you know, the words, uh, uh, I'm a war gamer because people don't understand it. Uh, it wasn't until the last few years that I just embraced it. Uh, <laughs> I would, I would mention my club versus sons of slambo because then people would want to know what the hell is a slambo. Uh, you know, and so I'm kind of curious, how do you do that? How do you bridge what you do and what you sell here to someone who's never been exposed to tabletop games? Usually when I'm talking to a muggle, I tell them <laughs> it's not video games. Oh. We establish that first. I'm like, okay, you ready? And then I start talking. <laughs> <laughs> so is that an expectation people have when they come in as they're looking for Gamer the... equals video games ah. to the masses. Yeah. And it's, it's not even just video games. It tends to default to the console gamer, which is quite mainstream now. And um, then you have the echelon of PC gamers that see them as being a little different. 
And then, of course, you have board gamers, war gamers, role-playing gamers, dice gamers, card gamers. So the idea of a gamer uh, is a huge umbrella, and you have to differentiate from the get-go that you're not talking about any of the electronic elements because that's the immediate assumption. The easiest segue is board games because okay. everybody sees board games every time they go to HEB. You so know, they're like risk, yeah, and risk, life and... monopoly, okay, um, all of those those mainstream games that you see at every grocery store, at every Target, at every shopping place that has a toy section. Mm -hmm. And then we try to explain how games have evolved since those mm -hmm. games were made, and that we focus on those games. Gotcha, gotcha. So along those lines, when you're thinking about it, what do you wish that, you know, the muggles uh, <laughs> would understand about gaming? You know, for, for many of the people who might be tuning in right away, they're already familiar with the hobby, the culture, you know, the different ones. But whether it's card gaming or tabletop or board games or role play or whatever else, what do you wish people just intuitively understood about the hobbies? There's two things that I would want people to understand. One is there is a game out there that you will enjoy. The variety of games that are being produced can hit any number of interests and uh, tap into any kind of culture that you find yourself in. And you will enjoy at least one of the thousands of games out there that have been production. So there's something for you. I think that's one thing. Two is the amazing energy that gaming brings to a social interaction. Yeah. When it just seems uh, anymore, I mean, you could argue that we're more connected, but when it's online, it's more isolating. You don't have your tribe. You don't connect with people. And, and as somebody outside of your business, one of the things I, I always thought was innovative and amazing is your flag system. So for those of you who've never been here, they have a system where if you don't know anyone and you want to play a game, they have a little flag that they can put up next to it. And so our you know, gaming tribe is not known for social cues. <laughs> so it's, it's a great way to meet people and uh, you know, have that connection that people crave. So that makes a lot of sense. You know, along those lines, I, I, I got to imagine with uh, the characters, myself included, that have come in here, you've probably had some weird questions over the years. And so I, I would like you to answer individually. You know, Brenda, why don't you kick us off for What's the weirdest question that you've gotten since you've opened up Nightwatch Games? Oh, gosh. Um, nothing's coming to mind. Do you have one already? Well, I, I can think of some really offensive questions that have been asked <laughs> that I really wonder why is this person asking that? It's probably not that offensive unless you're in my shoes, but we had a person come in and they looked around and they say, how do you stay open? <laughs> I'm like, well, geez, man, are we doing that bad of a job? Um, but that was, you know, obviously a, an open question to talking about how Nightwatch approaches the business and community building and whatnot. Uh, but it was obvious that this particular person did not get it. He was very used to the status quo and uh, couldn't wrap his head around this new approach. There was a couple of seconds where I was taken aback going, <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> right. Well, and, and I imagine that, that in, in a way it's a compliment where you've done something so innovative that people can't really wrap their minds around it. You know, I always think of Thomas Huxley, you know, all new truth begins as heresy. That's right. <laughs> you know? Okay, I've got mine. But I have to say that getting used to and not being offended by the question, how do you make your money? 
took a little bit. Mm. I agree. It did take a little bit to get used to that question. And we've decided to just be forthcoming. Someone lost a family member Mm. and he had been a patron of here, not very much, but had already expressed to his family that this was a place that he really felt at home. Wow. Unfortunately, um, the pressure of life got to him. He took his own life. Mm. And so the family approached us about having the memorial service here. Wow. And so we did. Uh, we, we closed down. We reinvented the space so that it could accommodate that. Uh, they set up equipment, a PowerPoint slide, and we had a memorial service here. And there were dozens of people here, and it was sobering it was it was sad it was an amazingly sad event uh obviously suicide is a big topic and uh the very humbling part of that episode was the fact that they thought that the brightest spot in this person's life was our game store and uh it just really reaffirmed to us that there's a potential profound effect that we have on uh, people that we may never know by name or we don't know what the effect is that we've had on them, but there's a profundity to it mm-hmm. that makes us uh, really humble and we take this now very, very seriously because of the impact that is obviously evident from mm-hmm. not only Brenda and I as individuals, but the the community that has rallied around the idea of Nightwatch Games has a power to it as well. And that power is is really a healing, supportive glue that makes people not feel alone, and it empowers them to pursue happiness uh, because they're being supported. Housing a uh, memorial inside the walls of a game store is mm-hmm. is probably a first. I don't know of anybody else that has done something similar. Not in and, a game store. Not that I've ever heard. Yeah, of for sure. We we have an interesting bragging point we celebrate the full cycle of life within the walls and we've had a baby shower a baby shower (laughs) we've had multiple multiple birthday parties here in the store anniversaries uh anniversaries yep Mm. wedding anniversaries then we've had three separate wedding proposals engagements people use they decide to engage to their partner here yeah so do they do they get married here as well? We've had a wedding here already. Yeah, we've had wow. one of the weddings. Yep, yeah. we had a wedding profession. Uh, I had no procession. idea. I come here yeah. all the time. A couple yeah. of bachelor parties that got oh, a little wow. out of hand. Yeah, wow. yeah, uh, it was wild. Dang yeah, wow. And then you know to capsize or uh, capitalize on that full cycle, we then had a memorial. So mm. the beginning and the ending of a full cycle, and it's right here within. Uh, the gaming walls. And yeah. it's not something that we ever predicted, but it And is... everything in between. When we've seen people really hit rock bottom and then rise up like a phoenix here. Mm-hmm. We've seen divorces. We've lost people in the divorce. You oh, know? yeah. It's like, who do we get to keep? Well, that you know, thank you for sharing that. That's, uh, I, I think, something that is, as a regular, isn't necessarily evident to me. So I'm sure mm-hmm. that would be really helpful for your listeners to hear. You know, and, and I think it speaks a lot. There's just so many people who are craving community, but it's so hard to find. You know, we can connect with people, but there are folks that I know that have connected and built friendships with people they'll never meet and see. Yeah. Now, I imagine part of that uh, draw is the culture that, that, that you keep. 
And generally in, in San Antonio, I think we have a pretty good gaming culture. You know, even some of the clubs that usually don't play well together generally play well together. Um, but here there's, there is an expectation that people will be supportive and interact positively and uh, be very tolerant and accepting. And so when you have somebody that doesn't necessarily fit into that culture, how do you handle that? What do you do? You know, cause some people in gaming just aren't great sports yeah so what do you do yeah. i mean that's kind of an awkward thing is you do you want them to be your customer but on the same token how they behave affects your other customers yeah uh, mm. brendan and i come to the company with our own personal values and of course with us being married you can assume that our values are very compatible but as we built nightwatch games as a company that company inherits those values and the staff that we brought on to help do customer service and run the company also has very similar values. And what we found, and again, we didn't predict this, but what we found is the customers that are attracted to what we're doing and what Nightwatch Games is tend to have very similar values. And again, these aren't political things. They're mm-hmm. they're more intrinsic to being uh, sort of a good person. Like, like what would be some of those if you were to describe somebody that you know, never really thought about values uh, in a gaming store. I mean, what would what would be a couple of those that you think would be descriptive of Nightwatch games? I would say integrity is a big one. Uh, we like doing things really above board. Uh, honesty is right next to that. Uh, honor, uh, selfless service, uh, loyalty. So how to let, let let's pick out some of those. So like like selfless service or. Uh, those how do how do people see those when they come in? You know what's what's a way that they experience it or witness it here? Uh, one of the things that people will see is that we are willing to give our personal time uh, at great length to make them feel comfortable mm. to introduce them to a new game. Um, somebody says, "Hey, I heard you have a prototype of this game, and I really want to play it." When is a good time? And I'll, you know, I'll say, well, it's not something we're going to advertise, but you tell me when is a good time for you, and you and I will sit down and I will teach you that game oh, myself. Okay. And I've done that so many times. Pork's done that so many times. That's so one way. You're not just providing the setting; you're actually playing with them. Yes, and this isn't like an advertised demo day. This is just me seeing one customer or pouring one customer with a need or a desire to learn a game, and we take it upon ourselves to introduce them to that game. And some people would say that's a bid for us to sell the game to them or we're marketing, but that's not really a primary motivation for us. It's really a person comes in and they have a need or, you know, I sort of see it as a problem and we want to be part of that solution. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes there's nobody else that is going to help them other than yourself. And taking the initiative to be that solution is uh, important to us. Yeah. Well, I imagine just, just that connection too. I mean, from a business perspective, is going to make them want to spend money here. So yeah. I mean, there, mm. there's no downside on that. Well, that taps into the the value of, of loyalty mm. or uh, recognizing uh, a little bit of give and take. If if we provide value up front without asking really anything in return, um, a certain person, a certain character is going to respond to that in kind, and they're going to see that they provide value back to us without asking anything back. And it becomes a very productive 
relationship that's wholesome and selfless and it really becomes a genuine friendship from that point mm-hmm. and it transcends you know store owner and customer kind of dynamics and becomes something really uh quality i yeah. think well it goes back to that cradle to grave <laughs> yeah know, example that you right shared right right mm-hmm. what were you uh, i was just gonna bring up some examples of what pork just illustrated and that was uh the the breaking the customer to game store owner boundary. Uh, as you recall, we've had breakfast a few times with Todd and some of the other guys, and that definitely broke that boundary. Pork has a Monday Frisbee group where a lot of customers and non-customers go out and play Frisbee together on Monday nights huh. at Hardburger Park. Uh, I'm in a book club now uh, made up of some of the women that are in the ladies' night event that we run on alternating Thursdays. And so those are ways that that's gone beyond just that customer Interesting. Uh, owner relationship. One of the things to bring it back to the original question of how do we address people that don't quite fit in? I think that's easy to do because it's evident that they don't quite fit in because they don't have the same values. And I wouldn't be the person to say that they have the wrong values, but I could say that the values that they have aren't compatible with what we're doing here. Mm. And so I usually really just, well, Actually, Brenda tends to be the person. She has a good touch to this. <laughs> the um, enforcer. Yeah. Well, honestly, it's it's more like the shop mom these days. Um, <laughs> you know, if somebody is affecting people around them by either a bad behavior or a bad smell or, you know, it's it's easier for me to pull them aside into a private space and say, we just want you to be comfortable here. Are you comfortable? And they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm great. I love this place. I'm like, well, we want everyone to be comfortable. So you're affecting other people right now in a negative way. I want you to take care of that and then come on back in once you've taken care of it or, you know, stop doing that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, can, you can use the uh, right guard on the left pit too. We actually, <laughs> keep, yeah. yeah, we actually keep deodorant in the bathrooms <laughs> Do you really? just for that reason. So that if you come, it's summer, it's Texas, you right. know, Public service. go in, clean yourself up, get yourself sprayed down and then come on back out. Yeah. And we keep it like, you know, 68 degrees in here so that nobody's sweating. Which bless you. Thank you. As a larger guy, that's awesome. <laughs> well, we find that people either respond to Brenda's correction uh, positively, uh, like some people just need that parenting sometimes, mm-hmm. and they respond to it well. And then there's some people that don't. And they don't and they come get, back. They get offended or they get embarrassed mm-hmm. or whatnot. And if they don't have the fortitude to get through that, uh, they find other places to play. And one of the cool things about San Antonio is there are a lot of options. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of stores around San Antonio and they all offer their own unique um, sort of gaming environment. So I think everyone can find a home in San Antonio. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just that Nightwatch Games is looking for certain people that share the kind of values that Brenda and I have and Mm -hmm. the rest of the community has. So are you are you comfortable if you had somebody like uh, you know obviously we're we're talking about somebody who may, might be have a hygiene issue or mm-hmm. well what if you had somebody who maybe didn't have one of those things but um, maybe you didn't want them in the store I mean is there anything that would make you uh, say look this is not the right customer for us yes. yeah yes we had a customer who was uh, struggling with a neuroses I couldn't even begin to tell you what it was and he would lose his cool and the words that would come out were threatening. Oh my gosh. Were very threatening. And we pulled him to the side and he said that, you know, he was having trouble with his medication and life and all of those things. And as Pork said, we approach everybody 
as somebody that has a problem and we're going to try to be a part of the solution. But there are some situations that are beyond our control. Mm -hmm. And for those people, you say, this might not be the right place for you uh, because you're affecting the people around you in a negative way. Mm. Um, And we can try to help you understand how you're affecting them. And if you can change that behavior, great. But if you cannot change it, this might not be the place for you. Yeah. There's only been very few people, maybe three. In three and a half years. That wow. we've had to actually approach and say, we would like for you not to come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, it tends to be that our approach to business and the community's approach to gaming is the first step of the filter. And those kind of people don't feel comfortable here anyway, and they don't come back from their own violation. And we, we never mm-hmm. have to really do a correction. Mm-hmm. But there are a few people that uh, I suspect that they're they're a little sick or have some conditions that don't let them uh, really understand their effect on their surroundings. Uh, but it's only been about three, and so we're pretty happy with that. Mm-hmm. And there might be actually some community pressure that Brendan and I don't see personally. There might be some there, conversations there at the are table. are in our communities. Yeah, yeah, so yeah that's we, right. We, that's we, right. Uh, you know, just speaking of our club, we actually do quite a lot of policing about it. And it's always uh, very similar to yours is, hey, we would love you to be here, but here's what good behavior looks like. Yeah. And so this is it. And if it, this isn't, and, uh, you know, we have the same thing. Some yep. people tell us to pack sand and move on. Yeah. And yep. Most people, though, they, they change and they want to be part of the community. And no loss, right? Those people no. that aren't willing to... Well, I, I'm just speaking for myself. I'm g- grateful for it because if we're not the right ones for them, that's okay. There are plenty of places where that's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and God bless you. Have a great time. Yes. You know, I, I don't want to be affecting your game uh, just because maybe I'm not the right fit for you and I'm going to ruin your night Yeah. because I don't want you screaming at somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Now, I did notice that there is one demographic that is conspicuously absent here at Nightwatch Games. And that's uh, children. Oh, yeah. So right tell, us, it. tell us about that. Why, yeah. You know, because I mean, yeah. I see a lot of game stores and people bring in their kids and everything else, but I don't see children here. Yeah. May I? You may. Babe. So children are not actually absent here. What's absent is children that are not being parented well. Interesting. And so what you <laughs> see is what you actually don't see. And that is that they're just not, they're not getting your attention because they're behaving well and they're sitting with their families or they're in here in the private rooms where they can be a little quirky and loud and fun and they're not affecting other people. It's only those children that are affecting the environment negatively that we take issue with and address. So this is in that other behavior piece. Yes. Yeah. Ah, yeah. It's the okay. exact same thing. No different. Interesting. And we do have one, we have a, we have an age policy and the policy is that if you are under 16 years old, you must be accompanied by a parent or guardian or an adult and that you must be at least 12 years old to participate in any organized play hosted by Nightwatch Games. Ah, well, that makes a lot of sense. I can tell you as a customer, um, I come here to escape because I'm at work. I'm the supervisor or the supervised at home. I'm dad. Uh, it's nice just to be Dan <laughs> when you're somewhere. So that makes a lot of sense. Uh, 
let me change topics for you now. There's uh, one of the things that's interesting as an observer is all the different groups and, you know, whether it's uh, people who cosplay or, uh, you know, all the different gaming communities. Uh, who's the weirdest game group or club that you guys deal with or, or the most memorable, however you want to do it. But We, we had a group come by uh, known as the Furries. Oh, the Furries. The Furries. Really? Yeah. Yes. They did a, uh, a meeting here. For those listeners that don't know what a furry is, and I, I might not even be correct in saying this, but I believe it's people that like dressing up. It's an anthropomorphic fantasy. There you go. That's right. a great way to say right. it, hon. You got it. <laughs> yeah. There, you know, uh, funny story. Uh, <laughs> I happened to be in Orlando once for a speech, and I got the salon wrong. You know, I was supposed to go to Salon B, and I walked into Salon C or whatever it was, and it was a furry convention. That <laughs> <laughs> was my first exposure to it. So I walk in, and I'm the only one not in a costume. And so all of a sudden, you see all these fake eyes <laughs> rotate to you towards the door. Get him! Stampede! slowly <laughs> melded out the door and Googled the heck out of that lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Furries. <laughs> like I said, anthropomorphic. Fantasy. Yes, uh, yes. They uh, were they were a little touchy, if I recall. <laughs> we have one of our rooms that's dedicated to Renaissance and medieval clothing, uh, and that's just as weird as putting on cat ears. I mean, putting on chainmail. There's no need to do that anymore. But uh, we've clearly that never been to Flint, cool. Michigan. <laughs> that's true. That's right. <laughs> as long as it doesn't get offensive. We had a guy mm. walk in one time. Uh, we got a one-star review out of this too, which really kind of bugged me, but, uh, he was wearing a jacket, a jean jacket. And on the back, there was a sort of a handkerchief embedded into the jacket, you know, with a picture on it. Uh And the picture was of a naked woman, legs spread, (laughs) and there was something penetrating her. Oh my gosh. It was like a rocket or something. Something. So he came right from church is what you're saying. Exactly. (laughs) On his motorcycle, which by the way, he parked on our patio. Oh, nice. So I had to tell him to move it. I'm sure that annoyed him from the get-go. But we saw it. It was over the top. And so we asked him to just turn the jacket inside out. It was over the bottom. It was over everything. And I said, you know, this is a classy place. You know, we don't mind if yeah. the F-bomb slips out. We don't mind. But that that's a little much. Mm-hmm. And so he left. He just left. He didn't say anything. And the, the one-star review said that we didn't take the time to ask him the meaning, the abstract meaning of that art uh, that was on his jacket <laughs> and that it was actually an alien ship and there was something like coming home to the mothership or something. Oh. Very, very, a, yeah, very dumb abstract. justification. Yeah. You know, sometimes the uh, people who aren't your supporters are often some of the best advertising for who your supporters That's are. That's exactly what I thought. Yes. When I see that one star, it clarifies what we don't tolerate, and it also clarifies why we don't tolerate it. And it also shows a bunch of the community that also responded to the review that they don't tolerate it. So it really paints a good picture of what we're about and what yeah. we don't want. And this guy was sort of left out in the cold by himself, you know, ranting and yeah. raving about his individual rights and stuff. Well, let's let him dock with the mother. <laughs> there you go. That's right. <laughs> now, I, you know, we've, we've covered a lot of ground here, so I, I want to kind of hone things down to you two. So you, you've shared some wacky stories, you know, things that didn't go well. Um, what about things that did go well? So, if you, if you had to boil down uh, some of your experiences here, what would be one of your treasured memories that, that's happened here? When you look back and you go, God, 
you know, of all the days, this was something that was really meaningful and stuck with me. We've had a few highs. Uh, one of them, uh, I would say probably one of the biggest ones was uh, not happening here in the store, but sort of it was. I was in Reno attending Gamma by myself. because and For people out there that don't know what Gamma is, what's Gamma? The Game and Manufacturers Association is Gamma. Okay. And once a year, they put on a trade show. It's the equivalent of any other gaming convention, but it's not for the general public. Gotcha. It's for people who own stores, people that are going to own a store, they're opening one, people that review board games, people that make board games, manufacture, produce, design, uh, anywhere along that industry, the gaming industry, uh, you can be invited to Gamma. You can nice. purchase a ticket to go to Reno and attend this trade show. And so it's uh, it's a really nice convention with your peers in the gaming industry. So Pork went the first year by himself because we didn't really have the staff for us to both be gone. Same thing, same situation next year, but I went that time. And we were nominated for a couple of the awards that they give out on one night of the trade show, and it's their Retailer Power Awards. Wow. And uh, we were getting passed up on this award and that award, and I was in the process of texting to Pork saying, we didn't we didn't win anything. It's kind of kind of stinks, but we're new kids on the block, so I get it. And they said, and for the final award, the best overall game store in North America, Nightwatch Games. Wow! And so I ran up there like Sally Field. <laughs> you like us? <laughs> you really like us? And uh, so I I nobody else had really given a speech when they collected their award, but I wanted to, and I, I definitely gave thanks to Porek for his 90% that he puts into this and, uh, and to Gary V, one of our, our favorite entrepreneurial, uh, insp inspirational speakers and, mm. uh, just talked for a second. And then I went and immediately called Porik and what he did really brought tears to my eyes. I told him we won and then the phone went blank. He didn't answer. And I didn't know if he was like choking up or what, <laughs> but I heard him open the office door and he walked out and he held the phone. I could just tell he held the phone high and he yelled out what had just happened to everybody. And there must have been 40 people in here. And the cheer, I felt it in my bones all the wow. way in Reno. And so that was a real high. Mm -hmm. um, it's like getting back from the community that you've given to. to that affirmation that. from our yeah. peers was a big, a big nod. Yeah. So top that, maybe. Okay. Yeah, I got one. Um, <laughs> It didn't really happen to me, but I was there to see it happen. And it happened, I think, because of our community. And that was one of our customers called us at about 3 a.m. I don't even know why I was still at the store, but I was probably playing a video game. But he called me at 3 a.m. and he announced that he had just suffered a carjacking at gunpoint. Oh, my gosh. And I said, hey, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, I'm okay. I said, have you called the police? And he goes, no, not yet. I said, have you called your family at all? He said, no, not yet. Oh. I said, you called me. <laughs> well, I'm going to take that as a huge compliment. Uh, so we got him situated and the police came in and, and everything got uh, situated. But the community heard rather rapidly that this customer had suffered a carjacking. And not only did he lose his car, but a lot of his games were in the mm -hmm. back of the car. So he lost a lot of the games. And uh, I think that was the spark that ignited a fire. But the community, they organized a fundraiser 
and they raised within three days three thousand dollars. I remember this, and mm-hmm. they gifted it to them. Uh, again, no questions asked. No, hey, I need my name on a billboard or I need a plaque for mm-hmm. this. It was a free, very selfless gift to a fellow gamer in need. Mm. Uh, the $3,000 ended up going towards uh, not a new car because the police were able to recover the car, but the $3,000 went to a new suit that allowed the customer to then go job hunting and get the job that he currently has. Wow, wow. You talk about transformative. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. Wow. And and he's transformed too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's come a long way. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just from the person that he was when we first met him, much more confident, mm-hmm. uh, just Amazing. He's, he's part of the family here. Yeah. 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 Wow. That is that's um, amazing. And th- again, it was a community thing. And half the people that gave money to the the drive didn't know who he was. They weren't on a first name basis with him or anything. Uh, they just knew that there was a fellow night watcher in need and they were willing to be very generous mm-hmm. with their support. Um, that just hits you right in the feels. It does. You know? So, yeah, I, I get choked up quite often with some of the events that occur here at the store. One of the things that can happen um, in, in, I don't know if you experience this or not, so you know, push back if, if it isn't, is sometimes when you're kind of a pivotal part of the community, you become a character rather than who you are. You know, or people start seeing you differently than maybe they do because they only see you in this context. And so what do you wish people either knew or understood about you as individuals that maybe they don't just intrinsically understand. Nothing really overt, but um, I'm pretty sensitive. So that's kind of a, a little known secret. All right, so be nice, everybody. Yeah, for be God's nice to the, the big softy. Be yeah. nice to everybody. Oh, <laughs> be kind. Yeah. So I can't really think of anything. That you'd want the public to know? I think I'm a pretty open book, don't you think? No. 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 Let's hear it. <laughs> um, let's see. What would I want the public to know about I've got Brenda? his balls in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now, for, for those of you not here, he has now turned to pallid shade. <laughs> my voice is getting high. No, actually, I'm such an open book that I'm, I'm comfortable with you saying whatever you're about to say. Mm. Uh, Brenda? Oh, okay, here's something. Here's like a, a, a little bit of a misconception that I would like to clear up. And that is... Pork doesn't do any work. <laughs> <There's> some... <laughs> that Brenda does all the work. Yeah, Brenda does all the work. That is a, not a... Why don't you let me clear that one up? You go for it. Because otherwise it's going to sound like you're just defending yourself. Because <laughs> you're sensitive. Which this I am. place would not be this place without this man right here. Uh-huh. He is the visionary. This was his idea. Honestly, if this was... First of all, I would not own my own game store. I would own like... Probably a restaurant. If I had ever decided to be an entrepreneur, I'm a foodie. That's my background. I probably would have opened a restaurant and I would have hated it. It would have been a horrible life. Um, <laughs> but if I had ever opened a game store, it would probably look like an Apple Apple store. Uh-huh. Like white and clean lines and very... Ikea. Ikea. Modern. Yes, very yeah. modern. And, uh, and so this is definitely his vision. Now, I love this too. And I've definitely learned to um, appreciate the sort of rich feeling that you get when you come in here. So, but, so he is the visionary. I am naturally just a workhorse. Mm-hmm. I've got way too much serotonin getting taken back up into my brain. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so, um, 
that's just me. And it's it's actually something that brings me a lot of joy. Yeah. I'm unfortunately one of those people that measures my worth by my productivity. Oh. I've been working on that for 40 years. It's yeah. still not... Get I can't in line. A lot of it. people struggle with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> what you see is that we're just staying in our lanes, and yeah. his lane is inside that beautiful cranium of his. Uh, so, And then he also is the person that sort of rallies the tr the crew, you know, out here and gets people excited about games. And how does he do that? By getting into those games and getting mm. passionate about those games. So if this were my restaurant, he'd be the sommelier and I'd be the master chef in the back. Oh, that's But a the great sommelier is yeah. the most important person because they're the person that makes you feel like you want to be there. Yeah. They're enriching your experience. So when I've got my head down and I've got my resting bee face, you know, it's not because I'm unhappy or I'm, I'm uh, you know, overworked or anything. It's just my mode. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in, in, it, it's so exciting to hear you guys talk about that because I, I think sometimes uh, I always like to use the term superpowers, that, that we, we don't leverage each other's superpowers the right way. And we try to make everybody the same versus mm -hmm. going, hey, this is my superpower and my talent. I'm going to go do that. Yeah. So it's it's exciting to see how you guys have really done a good job We're of blending We're highly those in two. tune with each other's superpowers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's yeah. cool. That's really cool. Now, a couple more questions before we wrap up. And okay. Let the listeners on their way. Um, one of the things that uh, I, I, maybe I'm wrong, but uh, I've just seen in in special places that are like this that are just unique that uh, you don't see everywhere. There's always a secret that people don't know. You know, and, and that could be anything from maybe Jimmy Hoffa's buried here or, you know, some other weird fact that people don't know about Nightwatch games. So, now, if there's something that would not, you know, land you in prison, uh, but, but what, what's something that, you know, is a fun fact that people just don't know about either you guys or the store? I have a, a somewhat embarrassing thing. Um we just moved out of my parents' house. <laughs> this month. <laughs> this month, we are proud owners of our own small, dinky apartment. Uh, but that's the nature of entrepreneurship. You really have to go all in. One of our... Uh, and it's tight. <laughs> it wasn't our competitor, but it was somebody in the community that uh, thought they knew us really well. And uh, they were looking down on us because they thought that we were just built from capital it just came so easily uh, for us because yeah. we had capital uh, uh no <laughs> we make it look easy but it's it's not easy right yeah people don't see the risk behind it all mm. they don't see the uh yeah. but with great sacrifice. risk comes great reward absolutely absolutely well and there's uh you know again as an outsider it's uh there's a lot of pathways that have gone to that normal game store route and so it's it's always the uh, the disruptors that that are remembered. So it's a uh, pretty neat. I like that. We're the disruptors. Yes. Well, that's right. What was the? Uh, I think Einstein said, uh, "Brilliant minds have always encountered violent opposition from the mediocre ones." Right. So that's our excuse for being hated. There you go. Well, <laughs> and again, sometimes your enemies do a great job of defining you, just like your friends. So. Going forward, one of the things that, you know, we've talked about some of your innovation, how you uh, approach the community and everything else. Uh, there's an expression I like to use, and that is you don't have to be sick to get better. 
you don't have to be sick to get better. You know, sometimes when people think about improvement, they assume something's broken. So when you think about uh, your customers, whoever she or he may be, um, you know, or, or what you do, what's what's one thing that if you could refine that you're not doing today that you'd like to do tomorrow, what would that be? That's a great question because we just came across uh, a couple of things that are going to empower our next five-year plan. And we've always had this vision of what Nightwatch Games was going to be five years from now. And some things are really falling in place. Uh, one is when we ask our customers, what is something that you want us to be doing that we're not doing? What's the thing that we're not satisfying? What's the problem we're not solving? And that problem has been food. Mm. We're not mm. serving food. We used to actually have vending machines here in the store, but uh, with a realigning of shelving and whatnot, the vending machines went out the window. But they went out the window because we intended to open up a snack bar to serve that kind of food. And we we're going to make it really thematic as well. Turkey legs and soups and bread bowls and oh, cool. the whole Renaissance <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, but there will also be Mountain Dew and Cheetos as well. M&M's. Yeah. Uh, the thing that stops us there are our two dogs and the food department of San Antonio just says that you can't have uh, food and animals in the same footprints. So we had to put that on hold, but we just got the opportunity to possibly expand into the next door suite, which would give us a place to put the dogs. And it also give us a bunch of revenue generation for what we're going to do with that suite. Uh, but then that gives us the green light to put a cafe here in the original footprint and really serve a, uh, a whole new experience so that when you walk in, you can order food from us and it's going to be thematic and there's going to be those rich food smells in the store. Leather and garlic. I like Ooh. it. Oh, wow. No <laughs> vampires. Like a band. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, leather and garlic. <laughs> That's right. All right. Um, so... That's the plan, really, is to go into food and uh, really try to give the full gaming experience of not only a cool environment, but also a culinary accent. That's exciting. That's mm -hmm. exciting. Mazel tov. Yeah. yeah. So one last question for you before, before we wrap up. And, uh, you know, you've done a good job of explaining where you've been, where you are today, you know, where you'd like to be in the future. But that's not the same thing as legacy. And so whether you're here for five years, 10 years, 40 years, or maybe it just keeps on going, who knows? What do you want your legacy to be? So at mm. the end of at the end of the days, when uh, when you look back, you know, years from now, what do you want your legacy uh, or what the legacy of Nightwatch games to be? I want it to be a family. I want this to be the game store where you actually felt like you were a part of a family here. Um, people hug here. People cry on each other's shoulders here. People have had to take a couple of people out back and say, okay, just scream as loud as you can. Just let it out. Mm. And it, I, I love the idea that this is like cheers. Everybody knows your name. Um, and we're just all here supporting each other. I want to make an impress. I want to make a difference in people's lives. Wow. Yeah, I, I think wow. that's it. Making a difference in people's lives. Uh, and I think the way to do that is I'd like Nightwatch Games to be uh, one of the reasons that board gaming and 
stores across the world elevates what they provide to communities. I think that the game store has to provide more than just a retail space. I think Amazon's got that covered, so you need to do something beyond that. Mm -hmm. And uh, as I think we've asserted here is that there is a need in the general populace for better community, more wholesome community, uh, possibly more structure for those people that need that kind of structure. And I, I would like Nightwatch Games to be sort of the flagship for that kind of progress when it comes to what a game store can and should be at, at large. Outstanding. Uh, yeah. Outstanding. Well, uh, just, just as somebody, uh, you know, here in the community, you are well on your way, if not already there. So that's, that's exciting. Well, uh, um, it has been a pleasure to learn a lot about you. Uh, so as, as, as somebody uh, uh, that loves to game here, I've learned a lot about you that I didn't know beforehand. So thank you. I hope the listeners are in the same boat. Do you still like us? Yes, I do. I do. I've, I've got like a tear. Like, I love you guys so much. It's so nice. Good. You know, uh, the, the other thing I'm really excited, and I hope the listeners are too, to learn more about, uh, you know, the different games and gamers and what makes people tick. Uh, so I was really excited when you talked at the first uh, part of the uh, the segment, just uh, finding out why do people play the games they do? What what drives that interest? So uh, please join us in, in uh, tuning in. So uh, with that, thank you for letting me be here. Let me turn the microphone back to you. All right. So again, thanks to Dan Norris for really offering his time. He's a busy person, and he offered his time to be the interviewer so that you as the listeners can get to know who Brenda and I are and who Nightwatch as a big family is. And we certainly invite you to come out to the store to uh, join us as the family, and we would be willing to take our time and uh, teach you a game or two. We're located at 16350 Blanco Road, Suite 116, San Antonio, Texas, 78232 in the Mission Oaks Shopping Center. Now we have one more thing to talk about, and that is the contest. The contest for our podcast name. Uh, we had some ideas for what that would be, but uh, it was actually Dan Norris's idea to give the power over to the community on what we will be called. So in the comments below, if you could add your two cents, what do you want the Nightwatch Games podcast to be called? And we will pick one that we think is appropriate. And that person we want to invite onto the show to be interviewed as part of the community so that we can get to know who they are. And that would be... Uh, sort of the reward for being a cool, awesome podcast namer. All right. This is Pork and Brenda from Nightwatch Games, and this is our initial podcast number one. Thanks. Uh, stay tuned for more episodes. Adventure away. Adventure away.